The focus of Mesech's Ksubas, as its name suggests, is the Ksuba. The Ksuba is a document which a man writes when he marries a woman. And the main part of the Ksuba is that the man obligates himself and his possessions that if he divorces her or dies before she dies, then she'll receive a certain amount of money from him or from the possessions which he leaves behind after dying. Now there is a large discussion as to whether the obligation of the kasuba is midairaisa or midrabonon. There are also some who hold that the main obligation is midairaisa. The exact minimum amount of money is midrabonon. We're going to see towards the end of the Masechta that perhaps this is even a machlekas in the Mishnah whether the kasuba is midairaisa or midrabonon. Be as it may, the generally accepted opinion is that it is midrabonon. Now we're going to see in the first perek that the amount of the kasuba is either 200 or 100 zuz, depending on the woman. And that refers to the main part of the kasuba, which is an obligation in every marriage. However, if the husband wishes to add on to that amount, then he can do, and the added amount is known as the tosefes kasuba, the additional part of the kasuba. And there are a very small number of cases where there are actually different laws between the main part of the kasuba, the 100 or 200 zuz, and the additional tosefes kasuba. However, for the most part, there's no difference. And if he promises to give her, let's say, a thousand zuz when he divorces her or dies, then she will indeed receive a thousand zuz. So the main function of the kasuba is that the husband obligates himself and promises that she will receive a certain amount of money upon being divorced or widowed. However, the kasuba also includes other things. For example, if the woman brings property into the marriage, then they are able, if they agree, to write that in the kasuba as well. And then when she is divorced or widowed, she would receive the exact value which that property was worth at the time of marriage. She would receive that exact value from the husband's possessions. And details about this will be discussed through the Masechta. As well as this, a third part of the kasuba is where the obligations which the husband and wife have towards each other are also written in the kasuba. And because of that, many of the Mishnahis in the Masechta will discuss the various obligations which a man has towards his wife, what he needs to do for her, as well as what she needs to do for him. Now, because the main function of the kasuba is the husband obligating himself and promising that she will receive a certain amount of money upon being divorced or widowed, very often the Mishnahis will call that amount of money itself the kasuba. Even when not referring to the document itself, but referring to the amount of money, the Mishnah often uses that term kasuba, since that is the main function of it. And one more introductory note before we begin the Masechta, and that is that the main purpose of the kasuba is in order that the husband not divorce his wife just like that. At the moment that she angers him, he'll just write a get and divorce her. The fact that he will then have to lose out on 200 zuz, or 100 zuz depending on the woman, that would prevent him from making such a quick decision. And that way women wouldn't just be left without a husband, and marriages would be maintained more. Because indeed, 200 zuz is a very large amount of money. In the times of the Mishnah, that was enough for one to support himself with food and clothes for an entire year. So the husband would definitely think twice before divorcing his wife. Now, because the kasuba is written at the time of marriage, the Masechta begins by talking about the marriage itself. And it's very important to understand that, halakhically speaking, a marriage is always done in two stages. The first stage is known as Kedushin, and that's when one acquires the woman. Another name for Kedushin is Erusin. And once she has received Kedushin from a man, she's known as an Arusa. And because she's already acquired by that man, she is forbidden to have relations with anybody else. And if she does, it's considered to be adultery. She would be liable to a death penalty. 
However, the Kiddushin is not enough for the husband and wife to start living together. That's only the first half of marriage. The second half of marriage, known as Nisuin, is when they go onto the Chuppah, and after that she can go and live with him, and they are allowed to have relations only after the Nisuin. Nowadays, the custom is to do everything at once. The Kiddushin itself is done under the Chuppah. When the man gives the woman a ring, that's the Kiddushin, and he acquires her. And the Chuppah itself is what causes the Nisuin. However, in the times of the Mishnah, the Kiddushin, also known as Erosin, was done well in advance of the Nisuin and the Chuppah. And we will see later on in our Masechta how long that period in between the Kiddushin and the Nisuin would be. Be it as it may, the Masechta opens up by telling us that Basula, a woman who has never had relations with a man before, Nisus Leom Horavii, she must be married on a Wednesday. Her Nisuin, her Chuppah, must take place on a Wednesday. We'll explain why in a moment. And a widow should be married on a Thursday. And the mission now explains why should a Basula, a woman who has never had relations before, be married on a Wednesday? Because twice a week, the Basin would sit and judge cases in the cities. On Monday and Thursday, this is one of the things which Ezra HaSefer, one of the Nevi'im, instituted. And this is also the two days of the week where there is Kriyas HaToyra in the shul during Shachris. One of the main reasons being that it was that day that all of the people from the villages would come to the bigger cities, to the marketplaces. These were the two busy market days of each week, and therefore specifically on Monday and Thursday, the various botte din around the city would be available to judge cases. What has that got to do with the day that a woman gets married? The mission explains, Because if the man getting married would have a claim about her being a basula, not having had relations before, he would get up early the next day and go straight to Bastin. Meaning, this man performed Kedushin on a basula, a woman who had never had relations before. Now when he marries her and they have relations together, the first time he has relations with a woman, he is able to tell whether she has had relations before or not. Now if he comes on the night after they get married, and they have relations on that first night, and he discovers that this woman has had relations before. Now there are two options, either this means that she had had relations even before the Kedushin took place, and when he did Kedushin on her he thought that she was a Basula, but really she wasn't. If that's the case, then it's less of a problem. However, the Kiddushin is invalid. This is known as a Mekach Ta'us, when one acquires something based on misinformation. So over here, he assumed that she was a Basula, and she didn't tell him otherwise. So the acquisition and the Kiddushin is not valid, because had he known that she was a Basula, he might not have done Kiddushin on her. It's an important piece of information when one comes to acquire a woman, whether she has had relations before or not. So if she'd had relations before the Kedushin, that means that they're not actually considered to be married right now, and before continuing with their marriage, they would have to do another act of Kedushin if they want to continue. But there's a much bigger problem over here, because it could be that she had had relations after the Kedushin took place. So the Kedushin was valid, because at that time she had not had had relations, but if she went and willingly had relations with another man during the Erosin period, the period after which she has received Kedushin, but not yet gone through the Nisuin, that's known as the Erosin period, already from that time that she's already received Kedushin, she's forbidden to have relations with another man. And if she does so willingly, then she is forbidden to continue being married and having relations with her real husband, which means that this man would be obligated to divorce her. And because of all of this, the Chacham instituted that when one marries a Basula, he should always do so on a Wednesday, because that way the first time they'll have relations will be Wednesday night, 
and if he finds that she is not a basula, he'll go the next morning straight away to Basin whilst he is still angry about the fact that he thought he was marrying a basula, and really she has had relations before. Otherwise, if let's say they were to marry on a Monday, so there would be two or three days before they are able to go to Basin, by which time he may have calmed down, and he might end up not going to Basin and just continuing to live with her. But there's a possibility that it is forbidden to continue living with her, and therefore we want to make sure that he will come to Basin, and once he comes to Basin, the matter will become more well known to the public, and then they can find witnesses to determine what happened. Because it could very well be that they are not forbidden for each other. If she had had relations before the Kiddushin, so that means she didn't commit adultery and she's still permitted to marry this man. They might need to do another act of Kiddushin, but after doing so they would be permitted to marry each other. As well as that, even if she had had relations only after the Kiddushin, it could be that somebody forced her to have relations, in which case she is still permitted to be with her husband. Unless she is married to a Koyen, a Koyen may not be married to a woman if she had relations with another man, even if it was forced. But having said all of this, there is still a possibility that he is forbidden to continue living and having relations with his wife. If she had relations during the Erosin period willingly, or if she is a Baskoyen, then even if it was forced upon her, in that case, then she would be forbidden for him. And therefore, we want to make sure that he goes to Basin, and he will indeed look into it, and the Basin will investigate to check if there are witnesses who are able to determine when she had these relations. Now, an obvious question is, if the Basin sit and judge cases both on Monday and Thursday, so why can't she be married on a Sunday? And then the next day, he'll come to Basin on the Monday. The Gemara answers that we want the man who is getting married to prepare for the wedding and for the wedding feast for at least three days before it occurs. Now, if the wedding is on a Sunday, then there'll be Shabbos in the middle, so that will be much harder. He would have to have it all ready before Shabbos, and because of that, the wedding cannot take place on a Sunday, so we're left with only Wednesday. Now, this idea of Tanas Basulim, where a man comes to Basin claiming that the woman who he thought was a Basula and had not had relations, really had had relations, this is an idea which is relevant to the rest of the Perak, and that's why the Perak begins with this Mishnah. However, the reason why a Almona, a widow, is married on a Thursday is not really relevant to the rest of the Perek, and therefore the mission does not explain why. But the Gemara explains the reason why a widow should be married on a Thursday is in order that the husband be able to be with his wife for three full days without having to go to work. The day of the wedding itself, that's the Thursday. The day after the wedding, they generally wouldn't go to work anyway. That's their first day of being together having relations, developing their love for each other, and the following day would be Shabbos. So that way they would be able to spend three full days without going to work. When it comes to a basula, a woman who has never been married before, the husband needs to be with his wife for a full week without going to work and doing other tasks. That's the week of Sheva Brachas, but for a widow, where the week of Sheva Brachas does not apply, at least this way they will have three days to be fully together. Mishnah base, Basula, a woman who has not had relations before, Kasubasa Masayim, the amount of money which is promised in her Kasuba is 200 Zuz, whereas the Almana, when it comes to a widow, if one is marrying a widow, then the amount of money which she writes in the Kasuba is Mone, 100 Zuz. The reason for that we're going to explain is because it is considered preferable and one prefers to marry a woman who has not had relations before with another man. And because of that, she deserves a higher amount of money in her kasuba, 200 zuz instead of 100 zuz. Now what happens if the basula has been married to somebody before? 
But she has not yet had relations, of course, because she's still a basula. Basula almona, a basula who is a widow from another man. Gerusha, if she is a divorcee from another man. Or chalutza, if she received chalitza. When a man dies without children, there is a mitzvah on that man's brother to perform yibum, to marry that dead man's wife. However, if he does not wish to marry her, he can do something known as chalitza, where they do a process in Beistin, which frees her to marry somebody else. Now, every woman who has received chalitza is by definition also a widow, because her husband died. So in these three cases, we have somebody who was married to another man, but she hadn't yet had relations, because all of it was min It was only from having received kiddushin from that man. So she received kiddushin, and then the man died, or he divorced her. In all these cases, since at the end of the day she has not had relations with another man, because she never reached the stage of Nisuin, where they were fully married and able to have relations, therefore, such a woman's kasuba would still be 200 zuz, because she is still considered to be a basula. The Yeshlem Tanas Basulim. And the husband has the right to claim Tainas Basulim, which as we explained is when he goes to Bastin, claiming that he performed Kedushin on a Basula, and now he discovers that she has indeed had relations. Continues the Mishnah, Hagiyoyes, a woman who converted to become Jewish, Vahashvuya, or a Jewish woman who was captured, and she was held by the captives for some time, Vahashifcha, and a non-Jewish female slave. These three women, we suspect they have had relations before. A non-Jewish woman could very well have had relations with another man, and a woman who was captured also may have been forced to have relations, or might have even willingly have had relations in order to try and free herself. So these three women we always suspect have had relations before, so in general, as we're going to see in a couple of Mishnah's time, their kasuba should only be 100 zuz, because they're assumed not to be a basula anymore. However, in our case, they were ransomed, or they converted, or they were freed. When they were under the age Age of three years old and one day, that would be their third birthday. In that case, their kasuba is 200 zuz v'yeshlem tanas basulim, and the husband can come to Beistin with the claim of tanas basulim, because even if she did have relations, since it happened before the age of three years old, those relations are not considered significant enough, such that after that age she would still have the features of a basula. Mr. Gimel, though in general when a Mishnah refers to a koton or a katana, that refers to a child who is under the age of Barabbas Mitzvah. When talking about having marital relations, a cotton refers to a boy who is under the age of nine years old, and a katana refers to a girl who is under the age of three years old. Because after that age, their relations are already considered to, physically speaking, be considered relations. Even though they are children, so they can't be liable for having any forbidden relations. However, physically speaking, their relations are considered significant. So says the Mishnah, Hagodol, a boy who is above the age of nine years old, Shabal who has relations with a girl who is under the age of three years old, or a boy who is under the age of nine years old, whose relations are not considered to be relations, if he has relations with a girl who is above the age of three years old. In both of these cases, since either the boy or the girl was not old enough for their relations to be considered significant, so the woman remains a basula because she would still have the features of a woman who has not had relations before. Mukas 8, and Mukas 8 refers to a woman who has lost the features of a basula due to an injury. So in all of these cases, that woman's kasuba would be 200 zuz. That is the opinion of a mayor. 
And even in the case with the Mukas 8, where she no longer has the features of a basula, since this did not occur due to having relations with another man, she is still considered to be as desirable as a regular basula, and therefore her kasuba is 200 zuz. However, the chachomim say, Mukas 8's kasuba the kasuba of a Mukas 8 is only 100 zuz, since at the end of the day, something happened which removed from her the features of a basula. And it didn't just happen naturally, it happened due to something like an injury which happened. And therefore she is no longer considered to be a basula, so her kasuba is only 100 zuz. Mr. Dalit, what happens if a woman is a basula, she hasn't had relations before, or at least so she claims, but she is an almona, gerusha v'chalutza v'nhanesuin. She's a widow or a divorcee, or a woman who performed chalitza after her husband died v'nhanesuin, after being married to him. So this woman was married to somebody, and she had gone through even the stage of nesuin, which is the last stage under the chuppah of marriage. Once she was married to somebody, even if she claims that she has not had relations before, because the ksuba would only be 100 zuz. Firstly, because we assume that they have had relations. And secondly, because a woman who has been fully married to another man is less desirable for this new husband. And since the whole reason why the ksuba of a basula is a higher amount of money is because a man finds it more desirable to marry such a woman, well, once she's been married to somebody else, it's no longer so desirable. And therefore, a ksuba is only 100 zuz. And the husband cannot make a claim of tanas basulim and come to basin and say that I thought she was a basula and now I discover that she isn't because there is no longer such an assumption since she was fully married and permitted to have relations with her first husband. A woman who converted or who was captured or who was a non-Jewish slave and was then ransomed or converted or freed. After she had already reached the age of three years old, then the kasuba is only 100 zuz and the husband cannot make the claim of tanas basulim because we assume that these women had relations and since it occurred possibly after they had reached the age of three years old, they would have lost the features of being a basula.